This is the month of May. It's Older Americans Month. Who knew, right? I mean, I know about May Day, Cinco de Mayo, Mother's Day in May, Memorial Day is in May, but Older Americans Month? Well, we even have a proclamation signed by President Biden. This is 2023. I won't read it, but I will post a link to it in the resources page on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. So I am somewhat disheartened by the focus of that proclamation, though, because it's on health, which, as you probably know, if you're at least an occasional listener to this podcast, this is not my favorite way to characterize we seniors by what I call the three D's, disease, dementia, and death. I'd rather talk about three P's of aging, passion, perspicacity, and power. Passion, the deep feelings and strongly held convictions that have taken us a lifetime to form. Perspicacity, the wisdom and perception we've developed over the years of paying attention to and learning from varied experiences. And power, the strength and commitment we have honed in the school of hard knocks as well as in our leisure time pleasure seeking. Some of us, though, over 60, are still stuck in some ways in attitudes and actions that are more middle school than middle-aged plus. Some of us are being subjected to, or indeed are the cause of, adolescent bullying, exclusion, and a clique mentality. Who's in? Who's not? Who's our friend today? Enemy tomorrow. Who fits? Who doesn't? And some of us have come to define our personal power as power over others. Unfortunately, particularly among seniors, this is particularly noticeable in group settings, such as retirement communities. The 2019 University of Indianapolis so-called Ewan study, entitled Social Lives and Cliques Within Senior Housing Communities, found that while most residents were able to identify cliques in their communities, they were not particularly bothered by them. Quoting now from that study, but without the citations. Quote, even though retirement communities often try to provide a sense of community, seniors may have negative social experiences and feel distanced or excluded from the community. Older adults residing in senior living communities who experience negative social interactions may experience negative outcomes such as declines in physical and mental health. One type of impetus for negative social interactions or experiences comes in the form of othering, which occurs when people different from oneself or one social group are identified and set apart. Othering often results in hierarchies of social positions, stereotypes, and social cliques, defined as a cohesive group of individuals that provides a sense of belonging and identity. Being excluded from social cliques or labeled as an outsider or as another may result in social stigma and leading to feelings of isolation." Oh my goodness, that reminds me of my high school, well, my middle school and high school days. 
I was so glad to get to college when I could be an individual. Other studies include one that used ethnographic methods to study stigma in a senior housing community and found that residents were subjected to stigma as a result of a variety of reasons, including their age, class, race, and ethnicity, disabilities, and cognitive status. And still another study of exclusive groups and cliques within a senior housing community found that divisions had formed among the residents, typically hinging on health status. Those who were considered frail were othered. Research has shown that residents with greater functional ability will outwardly avoid those who are considered frailer. Research within senior housing environments supports findings that residents report disassociating from others who were perceived as older, disabled, or different from themselves. Continuing to quote from that Ewan study, the process of othering oneself from the stereotyped frail older adult is a critical component of stigmatizing behavior. Residents are experiencing age-related changes as a group, but at different rates. Despite a wealth of literature on social relationships, little research has been conducted on social interactions and social cliques and the significance of cliques in transitioning into senior housing communities, end quote. The purpose of the Ewan study was to explore resident perceptions of the social environment and to identify what aspects of that environment contribute to the experience of stigma slash othering in senior living communities. The primary research questions for this study were one, what aspects of the social environment contribute to social interactions in senior housing communities, and two, how do social interactions contribute to social rules and groups in senior housing communities? In order to answer these primary research questions, there were also secondary research questions asked. What are the best and most difficult aspects of living in senior housing communities? What, if any, are the unwritten social rules that exist within the facilities? And what, if any, social cliques exist? end quote again. So in the final analysis or of, of the study, cliques were identified by residents both inside and outside of a clique and were formed based on similar interests or backgrounds of the residents. Not terribly unexpected. And as a result, cliques were not mentioned as a source of dissatisfaction. However, quote, this finding is not consistent with other research on the topic, where territoriality among cliques has commonly been reported, possibly because of the homogeneity of residents, friendships existing prior to relocation, efforts of the staff for inclusion and social integration, and resident ties and shared histories. Members who are part of a clique may not state it as a problem, or view cliques as having negative impacts on the social environment, end quote. On the other hand, I'm inserting here, indeed, they may see it as a problem. In fact, it would appear to follow that where there is not homogeneity of residents, prior friendships or staff efforts to mitigate exclusion, cliques are a problem. 
A 2020 issue of the Certified Seniors Advisors, excuse me, Certified Senior Advisors Journal reports that 39% of senior living community tenants witness bullying and 29% experience bullying themselves. Robin Boniface, a social work professor at Arizona State University and author of the book, Bullying Among Older Adults, How to Recognize and Address an Unseen Epidemic, says existing studies suggest about one in five seniors encounters bullying. We're talking about 20, um, 20%. She notes that bullying in senior living communities can come in many different behavioral forms, including name calling, bossing others around, hounding individuals for money and other items, or releasing physical aggression. It can show itself as saving preferred seats in the dining room or at other events, criticizing or ridiculing another person who doesn't meet the individual's accepted standards for clothing or social status, religion, sexual orientation, economic background, or, or virtually any other characteristic or status. And it could even go so far as to include verbal or physical abuse of victims, sometimes disguised as, oops, inadvertent or an accident. San Francisco's 30th Street Senior Center had been described as, quote, like mean girls, but everyone is 80, unquote. The center teamed up with the local nonprofit Institute on Aging to develop an anti-bullying program. All staff members received 18 hours of training that included lessons on what constitutes bullying, causes of the problem, and how to manage such conflicts. Seniors were then invited to similar classes held in English and Spanish, teaching them to alert staff or intervene themselves if they witness bullying. Signs and even placemats around the center declared it a bully-free zone. So why do seniors bully each other? You think at, at their, our age, uh, they, we would know better. Well, Dr. Boniface sees it as an outgrowth of frustrations characteristic in communal settings, as well as a reflection of issues unique to getting older. Many elderly people see their independence and sense of control disappearing, and for some, becoming a bully can feel like regaining some of that lost power. According to Dr. Linda Rhodes, a former Secretary of Aging and author of The Essential Guide for Caring for Aging Parents, quote, elder bullies might have likely exhibited this behavior during a lifetime, but as they age, factors such as loss of independence, relationships, valued roles, and feeling powerless in a controlled setting can exacerbate the need to exert control and ignite a late-life round of bullying behavior." Unquote. Bullying, exclusion, othering, rejection can all lead to negative health issues, both physical and emotional. But the assertion of power over others and the abuse of that power isn't limited to senior living facilities and centers. 
Among seniors, it also rears its ugly head in independent living situations, into which seniors often move after downsizing, where membership in a homeowners association, or HOA, is required. HOAs are notorious for their political strife and tyrannical behavior. I, for one, detest the idea of having to pay a homeowners association and have to endure the horrid, petty politics about which I've heard so many horror stories. But, according to the February 12, 2023 Realtor.com article, HOA Ruining Your Life, there are, at least, eight unenforceable HOA rules plus a few HOA loopholes. And here they are. Number one. HOAs cannot discriminate indiscriminately. Your homeowner association board might like to play at being tyrants, but there's a line it cannot cross, and that is the Fair Housing Act. A homeowner's association can't fine you or keep you from purchasing a home in the neighborhood because of your ethnicity or race. It also can't kick you out because members of the board hate your religion or don't like Germans because you have children or because you wear a Make America Great Again hat on a regular basis. States often have additional protections safeguarding the homeowner. Uh, for example, California law protects sexual orientation and gender identity. Two, they can't string you out on the clothesline. 19 states have laws on the books to prohibit a rather odd HOA restriction, your right to solar drying, which actually means hanging your laundry out on a clothesline. This time-honored tradition saves money and protects your clothes, but to your eagle-eyed HOA board, all those fabrics blowing in the breeze may not look uniform. However, since almost half of the states protect your right to dry, any anti-clothesline additions to the covenants, conditions, and restrictions, known as CC and R's, are downright unenforceable. Feel free, this article goes on to say, to let your denim wave in the wind. However, if your backyard is shared with another homeowner, the HOA might have the right to restrict your strung-up lines. Three, they can't fine you just for fun. Fines are the lifeblood of a malicious HOA, and they're not blatantly illegal, but they do have to be set forth in the association's rules and bylaws. So read the small print carefully before buying in. Conversely, if you're receiving threatening notices, check the community CC and R's before complying. If that fine isn't listed, you may not have to pay. Maybe the board will cave if you present evidence. Maybe not. There could be a costly legal battle that ensues. HOAs cannot make decisions on the fly. Slipping rules in under the cover of darkness is a big no-no. The regulations for how new rules can be enacted should be outlined in your CC and R's. And if the HOA isn't following its own stipulations, you have a valid complaint. If you do suspect something shady is afoot concerning what is included and what isn't in your HOA rules, start requesting documents and attending public meetings. Five, HOAs can't demand you take down your dish. 
Your cable TV decisions are protected thanks to the FCC's over-the-air reception devices rule. No matter how ugly your HOA thinks your Space Gray satellite dish is, the board members can't force you to take it down. You might find that some HOAs still have antenna restrictions written into their covenants. These may be retro artifacts from pre-1997 when the FCC rule came into play. Six, HOAs cannot nix native plants. Now, not all states protect your right to grow an environmentally friendly garden abundant with native plants, but some do. Um, I understand Florida, Texas, and California do. And I live in Maryland. I just did a Google search of Maryland HOA's native plants. <clears throat> Excuse me, and found out, yep, we have a new low-impact landscaping law that allows resident state, uh, residents to opt out of high-maintenance turf lawns and install native plants and rain gardens, no matter what their HOA says. You can do the same search for your state or check with the Native Plant Society of the U.S., and I will put a link to that organization on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. Number seven, HOAs can't keep you out of court. Not that you necessarily want to go to court, but they may try to tell you you don't have the right to take them to court, but you do. And if you have the right documentation, you will probably prevail. For example, homeowners have sued their board for the right to display a sign critical of the HOA. However, if we're talking about political signs, your freedom of speech actually is legally curtailed. The Supreme Court has consistently sided with HOAs, allowing them some discretion to limit the types of political signage that can be displayed within individual communities. And finally, number eight, HOAs can't beat you down. No matter how many letters and fines the board throws at you, you still have rights. You have the right to be present at the meetings, to be vocal about your opinions, and to go on ready uh, record with them. And of course, you have the right to run for the board. You have the right to write letters, but be sure to follow the procedures and don't miss deadlines. Okay, well, sounds like tyranny to me, but obviously for many, the pros of living in a group environment, whether it's a senior or HOA community, obviously outweigh the cons. Pun intended. Thanks so much for listening. Resources will be on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. Have a great week. You have been listening to Woman Worthy. We'll talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.